Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Super excited to be with you today. We have an awesome guest coming on today, and I'm going to introduce you to him before I bring him on. So first off, we have Daniel Francis coming on. Uh, So what is Daniel all about? Daniel helps coaches acquire high ticket clients through hybrid marketing, which I'm super excited to learn more about what that means. Um, but he didn't always start off coaching coaches. Um, he started off coaching business. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. He started the coaching business, helping people overcome stuttering, stuttering, which he struggled with all his life. And so he took on the challenge to overcome stuttering through public speaking, sales and leadership. And he has now helped over hundreds of people overcome stuttering, uh, which led him to doing 250000 in his first year of coaching, which is insane. Um, and then people started asking him for his blueprint on how to grow an online coaching business, which that makes sense, um, which has led him to what he's doing now. So I'm super excited to bring Daniel in. Welcome to the stream, Daniel. How's it going? That is a great intro. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, I wanted, it was epic. You gave it to me and I was like, let's spice this thing up. You sound amazing. So I'm super excited to have you on today. Cool. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So, okay. So first I want to start off since here on the business shift, we focus on specifically from people who are like solopreneurs, right. Who are in their business. It's just me, myself and I right? to business owners who are creating a thriving, profitable business. They're looking to go in it for the long term. So I would love to know kind of your story and what has been your personal journey from entrepreneur, solopreneur to business owner. You're like, this is my business. I'm going in full time. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a cool story. Well, I, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I think I'm going I'm going into a phase where I'm gonna be sharing my story a lot more often. And and so this is like awesome to do this. I feel like I I share my story every single day on calls I have with people, but never yeah. really too much on podcasts. So it's cool. Um yeah, so so COVID hit and uh, at the time I was a director of sales for a uh, a telecommunication company for uh, I was, oh, cool. I was a, a sales director and I I looked at a peak, I looked over about 60 reps. And so, um, and so COVID hit, um, I just cleared, you know, in 2019, humbly, of course, uh, about 250 grand, which I think is what 1% of income earners hit in Canada. And I was like, I, I made it, you know, I, uh, yeah. I was, I, I just bought a house, uh, October, 2019. Um, I just mm-hmm. got a expensive Mercedes that I don't recommend. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear why <laughs> January, 2020. And uh, I think COVID hit two, two months in and um, yeah. I, I basically just bought a house. Um, I had an $85,000 car sitting in my driveway and I, and I was living with, with a partner at the time who wasn't working and um, all, everything was on me and I, um, my project shut down and I was like, all right, this is, uh, this is interesting. And mm-hmm. it was either a decision of, do I, do I wait this out and just try to figure out, like, I remember calling my bank saying, Hey, how far can I defer my, my mortgage payments, Mercedes, how far can I push my car payments? And I was, yeah. I was freaking out. And, and, you know, sometimes when you hit times like that, that's when uh, I, I think your character shows and it's yeah. those decisions uh, I, I would say dictate your future. And so for me, it was, do I wait this out 
or do I go after something that I've always wanted to go after, which is essentially to become my own boss. And, um, and I, I guess I made the latter decision in April of 2020, I made the decision to quit my job, um, to scrounge up as much money as I could in my bank to live, um, sold out, sold whatever I could get my hands on. That was over, over months of 2020 and even 2021. And, um, and then, yeah, then I, I went down the path of, of starting my own coaching business. And so I, I can get into the details of that. Uh, prior, prior to that, I was, you know, before COVID hit, I was writing a book on my life, which I would, I recommend everyone do. I, I, I didn't publish it. Um, well, but it's, why not? Why didn't you publish it? Well, there's a lot to it. There's a lot. It was, yeah. it was, it was, I mean, this is something that I even talk about with, with other coaches now with, I thought, I thought the way I was going to do it is by publishing a book, I would write a book. I'd make enough right. money to live and life would be great. I think this yeah. is one of the biggest mistakes of coaches make uh, where they want to go into the scene and they're like, I'm just going to write a book. I'm going to be an author and everything's going to be great. And I, and mm. I actually coach people who've, who've gone down the path of writing multiple books and they're still, you know, having a hard time paying the bills. And so I was like, all right, right. I wrote a book on my life and I realized that every decision that I made was to overcome my stutter. And, and then I was like, well, what if I bring this to the marketplace and see if people would be open to it? And so basically mm. from March, April um, to basically June, July, I was trying to do it on my own. I'm, I was three, four months in and I was trying to, you know, um, get people to work with me and for, for speech help. And then I kind of hit this brick road or this, this brick wall of like, um, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. Um, right. I have, I have about two months left before my mortgage payments kick in. I need to get myself a coach yeah. and I need to get someone who's already done what I'm looking for. And so that's when I got myself um, my own marketing coach and then nice. fast forward about later um I, I get into the details of it, but but i started a facebook group i got very clear on my offer um i built a webinar i grew the group i did a, a live launch and i enrolled my first six beta clients and i was like august of 2020 i'm like this is crazy someone across the world is this is nuts and then uh and then yeah like fast forward to end of 2020 i upped my prices up to 2500 per client and yeah. 4000 5000 up to 7500 per client and i'm like i I can't believe I survived this, you know, this, this plane that was about to crash. So that's, yeah. My <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So there's so much to unpack there. So I would love yeah. to get into it. But first thing is like, what would you say was that shift that you made? Cause it sounds like you ha like had just a rapid growth of your coaching business. And so how yeah. did you handle that? Because I think that a lot of people fear that, like I work with a lot of people who are starting a new coaching business and they fear that they're like, Oh man, like what if I get like all these clients? I don't know how to handle that. So if you're making like that much money and you're getting all those clients in for that first year of your coaching, how did you handle that rapid growth? Well, I think that, you know, I'm, I would say the predicament that I was in was either do or die. Right. And so I, I, I you know, like I didn't, there was no other option. It was, I figured yeah. this out or I yeah. die. Um, right. You know, like I, I die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally. Um, I actually die. Yeah. And so yeah. there was no other like side hustles. I wasn't learning about crypto. I wasn't learning about trading. I wasn't doing anything else but making this thing actually work. And so I think for me was, I didn't work a side job. Um, I didn't have, yeah. it was either a dream or a die. And so I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And when I finally um, got my first batch of, of beta clients, which was about six clients, I was prepped because I ate, slept and bread and uh, breath. If, if that's the right word, I, I, I breathed, <laughs> yeah. uh, breathed, and it. <laughs> breathed it. And so there was no option. 
And so yeah. when the six individuals enrolled, there was nothing else I was doing. And so um, I think I think that was it. Like I burned the boats from everything else. There was no other option. I think when you yeah. do that, you have the mental bandwidth to handle all the responsibility. But if you have, if you're trying to do three, four other projects, then yeah, of course it's very overwhelming. So yeah. So how did you keep yourself focused during that time? I, again, like I see so many people are just like one thing after the other and trying to get them to stick to a process. You probably know this because you coach people, right. Trying to get people to stick to a process where it's like, just do the thing and then you'll get the results. But they're like, Oh, but what about that thing? And that thing and that thing. So how did you get yourself to, to really like stay on track and stay focused when you're in those moments of like, it's just so boring. I'm just grinding. I'm just trying to make it work. I've never made it work before. How do you, how do you stay focused? Well, for the first four months I went into, um, I don't have an income. Um, you know, I, I was like, I'm gonna do everything on my own. So I I read, I know I I did the classic. I read all three, uh, Russell Brunson books, the expert secret traffic secret. Yes. That's beautiful. I did one, I did one funnel away challenge Mm -hmm. almost twice. Um, I was watching all these YouTube videos. I was trying to connect the dots and I, I, I just, I hit this, br- I was, I was trying to publish my book and I realized by the time I hire three, four different editors, find a book cover, find someone to endorse it. By the time I get on, like it, I was trying to do all these different things. And then I realized I went back to a principle that, that I really live by, which is, um, which is who do you listen to? And so I, 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 I all time, but there's this, there's, um, there's, there's a basic, I live by basics, but a, a basic is who do you listen to? Right. And so you listen yeah. to one type of person, someone that has the results you want and someone who that's been in your shoes. And then when you find that mentor or that person, um, you, 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 you put on the, the blinders and then there's at some level, you almost go a little bit naive and you're like, there's no one else who I'm listening to. And so right. month four, when I'm like, it's do or die, I need to either borrow some money, figure it out and get into a coaching program because this is again, do or die. <laughs> um, I yeah. got myself a coach and I got complete clarity on what I need to do. And I blocked out everything else. And I was like, I'm, I'm betting all my cards, all my energy, effort, money into this one person and this better right. work. And that's kind of what I did. And so because right. I burnt the boats, I, I, there was, there was no other path to look down. I had this one mentor, one coach, and this has kind of been like my principle in life in general, which is yeah. every time I find a mentor, I almost go a little bit naive to everything else out there because I go right now. And this is, and that's the way that I also work too. Like he, he wasn't my only mentor. Like I bought another coaching program. When I buy a program, when I get into a program, I got one mentor, one platform, one offer and go all in. And I don't jump around. I think, I think the problem is that that squirrel mentality, squirrel, 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 like they're, they're yeah. always, you know, if you've ever, ever seen the movie up of the dog. Yes. Squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah. And so I had to do that. And I think, um, I think there's a beauty in when your back's against the wall, you've kind of, there's no other option and you go all in with, with, with one, with one, uh, let's just say, let's just say mentor individual. Um, you, you, you actually, you end up making it work talking about, Oh, growing mentors. Once you hit a certain level, it's like that idea of like that zero to $10,000 a month. You've now hit that barrier. Maybe that mentor can't bring you to the next level. So then you find your next mentor, but from that zero to $10,000 a month, I'm in one mentor, one program, one thing. And, and that's all I'm doing until I figure it out. But it's about choosing right. the right person off the bat. If you choose the wrong person, sure. Um, but I think right. um, that's my decent trade. Ooh, I like that. Okay. So how do you then pick the right person? 
Oh, even better. How do you pick the right coach? That's where I ended. That's right. That's right. That's right. I don't give <laughs> You're like, nope, I nothing on that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's so, super interesting. So, so so again, going back to that basic, which is who do you listen to, right? Right. So for me, when I was in door to door, um, my door to door sales career, I did that for five years. Um, I found a mentor, and 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 my mentor was very successful. And then I went all in with that individual. And so the idea is, you find someone who has the results that you want. Mm-hmm. That's number one. So for example, yeah. I, you know, I always give the personal training example of when I went to the gym and I was like, I want a personal trainer. I can pay for it. I can show up and disciplined. I just have one thing. I, I want a trainer who has the body that I want exactly. and it's no disrespect. I'm not being disrespectful. And the guy selling me, he was the manager at the time of the, of, of the gym. And you could tell like it wasn't him. And I think he kind of, it, it kind of sunk in in his head that his, his, his face went red. Cause I'm like, you're, you're not the guy. So you better find me a guy. Right. And so <laughs> you're so right bad, though. Right? But, like I feel the same way too. Yeah. But it's like, if I'm going to pay money to something and let, let's give the example of personal training, you better take off your shirt and I better say, I want this body. Be like, Period. damn. Yeah. I want it. Damn. <laughs> right. And so it's not me being disrespectful. It's the same idea with relationship advice. If, you know, if, if, if you're going to give me relationship advice, what relationship are you in right now? And so the single person is going to give you their point of view. The person in the relationship is going to give you their point of view, but it's like, what relationship do I want? Who has the type of relationship? Let me go do my research. If this is the type of relationship that I want. And then you model that relationship just like health. And I think just like business. And so, and so for me, if I'm going to model someone, I'm going to model to someone who has the results I want. So that's the first one. So yeah. it's, it's the same idea with taking advice. It's like you should, if, you're, if your mom or dad or your cousin or sister or brother has not built a coaching business, then what the fuck are you listening to them? And I, and I don't mean to swear here. But why no, are you're you listening good. to them? Open forum. You say what you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why would you be listening to them? And so what I had to do was not only just block off different strategies, but block off different people that are in my head. And so I found yeah. out one person, okay, you know what? He has the results I want. I like the method. I like the idea. Cool. Boom. That's number one. Number two yeah. is, um, has this person been in my shoes at some level? Right. So for example, like, let's say, let's, let's take the example of, of, of wealth, right? So I see a buddy or I see a friend or I see whoever who is my age and he's very wealthy, but then I find out he's just running his dad's company. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't have a wealthy dad. I didn't fall into my dad's company. So at the end of the day, you've never been in my shoes, buddy. Right. You have what I want, but you've never been in my shoes or another example of health. It's like, I've always been the chubby Italian and the skinny yeah. guy who's now fit is giving me advice. It's like, but you've never been the chubby guy. Right. I would rather listen. And this is where I get a little bit obsessive. I rather listen to the person who's been chubby, who's been yeah. overweight and has lost the weight and the person who's been skinny and is trying to give me health advice. That doesn't mean that their advice right. isn't legitimate. I'm just being picky with who's giving me advice. <laughs> and so my point exactly. is, my point is that once those two check marks this person and just like my speech, right? Like the reason why people would want to work with someone like myself over a speech therapist, right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not promoting myself as a doctor. You have this person who's gone through years and years and years of education. Why would you hire this crazy Italian guy with, you know, <laughs> a haircut with a gel, right? Over a speech pathologist, over a doctor. The reason right. why is I have the results, quote unquote, that they want if they want to speak like me. And secondly, I grew up with a stutter. 
Whereas some right. of these speech pathologists are just reading from a textbook. And exactly. so that principle is universal. And so just like when I look for a coach, um, or even when people want to work with me, it's like, they see my story of like, mm -hmm. I start like, I didn't, I don't have all these marketing backgrounds and all this stuff. Like I, 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 right. I figured it out all the principle and then I modeled success. Yes. <laughs> no, that's really good. That's some really good, like step one, step two breakdown of how to take advice from people, because I think you're right. I think that there's a lot of voices out there and it's really easy to just trust really quickly and see something and be like, oh yeah, that's the new thing. I'll try that. Right. Uh, but it, I think it ends up hurting you in the long term because you're not focused on what you need to be focusing on and they may have gotten different results than what you're actually looking for. And so I think that's a, that's a perfect example. So I want to kind of go back to what you were saying in the beginning when you were like, my back was kind of against the wall. How do you still tap into that, that emotion of like desperation? Cause there's a, there's a pretty powerful like motivation that comes from desperation of like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Do you have any advice yeah. on how you would tap into that? If your back isn't against the wall. Well, why isn't it back? Why isn't your back against the wall? <laughs> you know, mm. like, I think, I think there's a power in that. I think um, as human beings as spirits, whatever you want to call us, um, I think we have this fight or flight mode that um, when you tap into it, uh, that's where beauty is created. Like if you like just study a lot of, a lot of very successful individuals, they had their back against the wall and they had to figure it out. And so yeah. I think when like that moment of my life, it, it was the same idea. Like I'm from, I'm from Toronto, Canada. Um, I flew out to the West coast. So uh, Vancouver. And so I, I was, I think I just turned 22. I was, I was 21. I got onto a flight. I flew yeah. out for this commission job in sales, people who I've never met before. And I, I told my whole family, I'm going to figure this out. And I remember when I started the job, I'm like, what the heck did I just sign myself up for? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I'm out there. I'm out there. You know, I got like less than a thousand bucks in the bank. You know, they're, 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 they're paying for accommodations and travel, but I'm six hour flight from my family where, where I grew up. I'm, I'm 21 years old and um, I have the stuttering issue that I'm slowly getting over and yeah. I'm on a commission based job that if I don't sell based on like, if someone doesn't purchase from me, you know, right. I don't get paid. And I think I put my, like, if I look at every decision in my life, it was, I made this decision of do or die. And yeah. I think the point is like, why is your back not against the wall? Um, I think it's the same idea of like, I, I remember when um, I invested into, it was like a $25,000 program and, and I'm Canadian. So it was like 25,000 US ended yeah. up being like 34,000 Canadian. Right. And I'm like, this is, I can go buy a car with this money. I can go do something else. Right. With this money. I can go do something. I can go figure out a down payment for a home for this money, but I invested it into my business. And I remember like um, being up all night, like what the heck did I just do? Mm -hmm. And that was another form of backup against the wall. And, and I, at the time I didn't even have the ability to spend that much. So I had to borrow it. And so right. what I, if I look at my life now, this is, I think people that people get too aggressive with this and they get themselves in the trouble. Right. But I think right? like you just make the, the, the wildest decisions, but yeah. I think, you know, I think, um, align whether it's true or not a winner will always win and a loser will always find a, a reason why they lost right and so mm. to me like i i look at myself like no matter what i do i always figure it out and that's a, that's just a principle in my life of, of the identity of who i am and so when i make a decision 
There is no, hey, it's been three, four, five, six months. It hasn't worked out yet. There's no, no, no. We're going to keep going until it works. And I, and, yeah. and I think, I think the idea of like, what if their back isn't against the wall? Then, then, then that's a you problem. Then, right. then that's a you problem. Then, then right. You and you need go. to put yourself in a situation where your, your back is against the wall. Yeah. Like go study history, every yeah. situation, right? Like I, I go back to uh, when I was overcoming my stutter and, and, um, I was in a network marketing business and, um, part of how I got success in the company was, um, I had a, a, an upline who would give the speeches, um, mm -hmm. for, for this, for this business. So I was really good on one-on-one, -on -one, like, Hey, come check this out. This is really cool. You got to meet this guy named Paul, blah, blah, blah. They would all come out. Paul would come up. He would give the presentation and everyone would be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And then they would say, <laughs> yeah. great. Right. And then, and then Paul's like, dude, uh, you know, uh, enough's enough. You can't be relying on me the whole time. I'm like, but, but, but I'm, I'm the stuttering guy. Like you're the, you're the speaking guy. I'm not, he's like, no man, like you've, you've had enough success, like enough's enough, you know? And, um, and I, and I, and I, and I remember, um, it was like a Saturday. I was, I, I was 19 years old. And we basically, the way that the way we threw through our network marketing events was we would invite people to my house uh, we'd have a speaker presentation, da, 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 right? And then he's like, "Look, this is what we're gonna do. Enough's enough." Um, and I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a loyal, uh, teachable mentee. He's like, right. "We're gonna invite people. We're gonna say I'm coming, and you're gonna be the one giving giving the speech." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And you know, I'm like, "But I'm the stuttering guy. You know, people always know me as a stuttering guy." And so, I I remember they all came down, and um, they're like, "So, hey, where's Paul?" <laughs> I'm like, oh no, uh, no, he's not coming. I'm gonna be the one giving the speech today. <laughs> You're like, like it's me. <laughs> I'm not invited to my friends if this was the case. But I, I practiced that presentation like hundreds of times. I would record myself on my iPad. I would write it down, and then I gave the speech, and um, and it went phenomenal. And then that was like a door that opened up in my life of like when I speak, people actually listen, and it was like my the neural pathways in my brain got rewired, and so. I think you can always find a way to put your back up against the wall. I think it's more of a, an excuse thing. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's such a great perspective to take on that because really like you going, Oh, like I don't have a reason to, to really like hustle. Right. That's just another, another excuse that you're, you're putting on why you're not doing the work. Big time. So big time. It's, and, and, and I'll cut you off. Like it's this, it, I have these conversations all day long of like your program is expensive or I don't know if it's, if it, you know, it's out of my budget. And, um, you know, it's funny. It's like the people that I'll talk, I'll talk it through, but I'm like, look, like you have to make decisions that scare you, right? Like I always give the example of the three feet ahead. And so like, imagine you driving in the middle of the night and it's pitch black around you. And all you can see is your headlights, which is three feet ahead. I'm like, that's usually how life works. Like you're going to make this decision and all you can see is the first three feet. And then when you get there, you see the next three feet and then you see the next three feet. A lot of people want to see the whole journey. And I'm like, right now, this is the next three feet that you have to do. I know it's expensive. I know it's out of your budget. I know you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know 30 days from now, your life could change 60 days, 90 days. You, you don't know, but you got to make this decision. And even though it's expensive, it's going to scare you. It's going to push you to get out of your comfort zone. And it's funny. It's like I brought on clients where I'm like, you know what? Just don't put anything down. It's fine. Like, I, I feel bad for you. I'm, I'm, I'm really going to help you out. And then those people, it's like 30 days later, they got every excuse in the world. In the world. But the person who like right. put themselves in the pain, I'm like, I better get my ROI on this damn investment. All yeah. of a sudden, it's like, 
whoa, look what happened. And I'm like, shocker, this is crazy. I would have never <laughs> guessed. And then the person who joined for free is, is still in the same place talking about why things aren't working out. So <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Okay. That's so good. I love that. I think that's beautiful. So I, I want to hear from your perspective. So why, why did you make it? Like, why did you make it work? Because, and I'm talking specifically about making your coaching business successful, especially in that first year of hitting that high amount of revenue, right? That $250,000 in your first year. Okay. So I, I work with so many people who are working to start their coaching businesses. And like you said, like they start, they start and a year later, they're in the exact same position, still don't have clarity on their offer. Right. And this is the first thing to making that transition to being a long-term business person is being, making it past that point of like taking so long to make decisions. And so how, like, why did it work for you? And I know like the whole, like back against the wall thing, but was there other things that contributed that, that you did that, that made it work? Yeah. Like even, um, even within, I, I just, again, by principles and basics, right. So yeah, I have like, like in my, in my, in my modules, I have about seven different modules. So my first module is like the, the journey and the journey to go down and like ensuring that you have the right, the right mindset. Module two is getting clear on your offer. Um, and so, and so I think clarity on offer, I think is very vital. I think you got to, I, I don't know what type of business that or what type of coach program that you're running, but it's trying to build like a high ticket offer. Right. So it's like, what is a high ticket offer what problem? Do you solve in the marketplace? Um, and are people, do people value that problem? Right. So um, I think it's about getting very, very, very clear on that. And then it's about not saying, well, now I have my offer. Everything is good. Right. So like yeah. the method that I teach is Facebook groups. And so, and this is where we go into module three, but in Facebook groups is where I show someone on how to build a Facebook group and why a Facebook group to me is the foundation of a coaching business. And the reason why is you can open up a Facebook group with no offer and 30 days later, if you grow the group properly and you ask them certain questions, you do polls, you do questions, you do trainings, you'll get, you get your offer very clear, very quickly. Because what happens is if you, let's say for example, um, I was on a call today with, um, I won't give her name, um, but we're talking about relationship coaching and she wants to do something with relationship coaching. And I go, look, right now we don't know the exact offer of what we're going to offer your clients, but what I know is what you're good at. And based on the clients you've worked with, a lot of them are coming to you for relationship coaching. And so I said, let's build a group on, and let's rebrand the current group you have on relationship building, right? And the tenants of a great relationship, whether it's communication, emotional, um, you know, being aware of your emotions, defining your ideal relationship, what does good look like? Um, you know, like building, building a habit and routine to have a, a great, authentic, long-term relationship. And I'm like, what we're going to do is we're going to start inviting people to the group. And then we're going to start doing trainings and polls of like, Hey, what's the biggest challenge in your, in your, in your relationship? Um, you know, what, um, you know, what do you think is causing problems in your relationship? And so what that does is the Facebook group then becomes market research for your offer. And so I think a lot of people get caught up in this idea of like, I need this perfect offer, perfect offer, perfect offer before I take any action. Whereas if you, if you come up with a, a community and you start educating the community, you start sharing your story, you sharing your message, you start booking free clarity calls within your community, sooner or later, you can come out with your coaching program and your offer. And so I think a lot of people are not doing that and they go into perfectionist or they and, and, and they don't actually like, like for me, right. Before I launched my webinar, my initial webinar for my stuttering program, I grew my Facebook group to three, 400 people. I was just posting videos in there to just figure out who the heck I am. 
I would like, Hey, by the way, I, today I did a free coaching call with this person um, from, from, from Pakistan. And we had a great conversation. And this was one of the learning lessons that I, I had for people like, Oh, that's amazing. I, that, that's a great breathing technique. I'm like, Oh, this is good. Oh, maybe I should add this into my program. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. And so I, I think people are getting into perfection zone when, especially like the things that I teach, like just get the damn Facebook group up there. And right. to me, I, I would love to talk about Facebook groups. Uh, I'm becoming a bigger and bigger advocate of Facebook groups. It's, it's phase one within my hybrid marketing uh, program. But to me, like, <clears throat> um, you know, I think the problem with, so I have, by the way, I have a YouTube channel, I have a podcast, I have an Instagram, I have a Facebook, I have a TikTok. Um, I had a blog at one point. So, so you're I, I'm everywhere. Not saying, I'm not saying I, yeah. Uh, now my energy and attention, where is it going into right now? Majority of it is in Facebook and ads because mm -hmm. I realized that when you do everything, you do everything half ass. Mm -hmm. Number two, yeah. um, I've realized the power of Facebook groups and the power of Hormozis says it best, like one platform, uh, one strategy, one offer, one, one method. Right. Yeah. And so I've realized that Facebook groups is becoming that thing for me. And as, as I get deeper and deeper into it, I realize how powerful it is, how much depth there is to it. And so, um, yeah, uh, to me, the Facebook group is the foundation of the of, of your coaching program, because to me, it's, the, it's, so I'll, I'll tell you why I, I, I like it more than YouTube because mm -hmm. you have subscribers on YouTube, but you don't know who the subscribers are. Right. And podcasts. Cause I've, I've made people have listened to my podcast and both call with me, but I don't know who my listeners are. Hmm. I have Instagram and TikTok, which is great, but it's more of an influencer account. They're just like following me. Yeah. Like, look at me, look how great I am. Right. Um, and hopefully comment down below and da da da. Right. And so <laughs> right. Facebook groups is a community. And as I, as I, as I get more into this, into this realm, I realize that when you build a solid community, it's like a tree that just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And, mm -hmm. and, and really you're building across all the platforms, but Facebook groups is one of the best things to build a community. And I think when you do it right, it, 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 it pays you. The momentum just keeps on building and building and building over time. Like we have 10, 15 people come join our group every single day. And wow. you know, like you just get more and more engagement and um, yeah. yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. And so it was really you being able to move past that that need for perfectionism that helped you take action, which then led to the result. Is that right? I, essentially getting out of perfectionist. And, and again, like I think people need some type of accountability. Um, yeah. you know, I think as, as an entrepreneur, you are, you don't have a boss and right. you are essentially a lone wolf and you're trying to mm -hmm. figure out a language that you don't fully understand. And mm -hmm. so I think for me, as I had a mentor or, I've like, I always have consultants and mentors kind of guiding me because there's right. blind spots I don't know, and they hold me accountable. And so I mm -hmm. think the mix of that with accountability, um, um, I think that's where, and, and commitment, of course, right. I think that's right. where the magic and, uh, and the ingredients all come together to turn out mm. to become a great. Okay. I love that. And so based off of like what you've been saying about your offer, um, something I'm curious to know your thoughts on is I see that like sometimes, and I've experienced this myself, that people have a hard time niching down and choosing one niche because they have like this big vision and they're like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to achieve. And then they like niche it down and they get super specific and they're like, man, that's not exciting. 
Like that's not as crazy as that big vision was. And so then they're always like, but I, I want to be able to help everybody and all these things. So what would be your advice to people who are still kind of in that like solopreneur mode? They're trying to like get their business actually like started and have some legs and they're growing a foundation. How would you recommend that they get kind of past that? Uh, oh, I just want to help everybody. And when I niche down, it feels so boring. <laughs> it, it, it's my favorite line. When you try to talk to everyone, you end up talking to no one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. exactly. I'll say it one more time for people that didn't catch up the first time. When you try to talk to everyone, you end up talking to no one. And so um, my my story is initially, so whenever whenever people come to me to go, I'm a life coach or I'm a mindset coach, I'm like, all right, what else? Like, we're all mindset and life coaches. What's your point, pal? You know, like yeah. we all are. We're like, like no matter what niche you're in, we're all mindset and life coaches. Okay. Exactly. You are, you are a golf coach. You're a mindset and life coach at the same time. You are a real estate right. coach. You're a mindset and life. Like guys, everyone's a mindset and life coach. Like, like next, next. And so for example, right? Like when I first began, I was like, what type of coach am I? And so, um, I was, I was like, well, I like communicating and public speaking. And so, but I'm like, it's still very broad because I'm like, well, if I'm a communication coach, do I work with people who have a lisp? Do I work with people that are, um, I don't know, that struggle with like an accent, right? It's, it's still very broad. And so one of the best ways um, to find out what your niche is, is if, if you're taking notes of this uh, call or, or this podcast, I would say you're always selling a younger version of yourself. Right. So for example, when I first began, I was selling the 19 year old Daniel who was struggling with stuttering. Now per se, I'm selling the Daniel who just quit his job and is, is confused of how to build a coaching program and how to grow it and how to get clients. So you're always selling a younger version of yourself. That's, that's how you know your niche the best. So that's first off. Now to go back to the stuttering, um, I said, I said, look, I can become a communication coach, but it's still very vague, right? And, and uh, initially, you want to niche down. And even though it's boring, you can zoom out as time goes on, mm. right? So initially, I was a stutter coach. I only worked with people who stuttered. Why? Because that was my story. That was my journey. And people who stuttered would rather work with a stutter coach than a communication coach. Right. Then you could zoom out, right? Then I became more of a public speaking coach. And I would say I'm still a public speaking coach. And yeah. so you, you zoom in and then you zoom out, right? Another good example is like Tony Robbins. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know, Elena, do you know what Tony did uh, initially before he's doing what he's doing now? Oh, well, I'll tell I you. Like I, I heard at one point, but it's gone I'll now. Tell <laughs> I'll tell you. So Tony... Tony's initial niche was obviously he went through the NLP training, all that good stuff, but he, he would pitch the idea of cracking people's phobias. So he was the guy saying, my offer is I help people um, break their phobia within an hour. That was his niche. He's not talking about business mastery. He's not talking about unleash the power within. He, he's not talking about, about money master the game. He's talking about cracking your phobia and people would pay him thousands of dollars to break their phobias. That's yeah. all he did for years. And he would have people fly over down to his house, wherever he was, 
and you, he would he would break your phobias within an hour. It was a, it was a sick offer. Yeah. And so you have to realize that you have to study success. What did these guys do was Tony wasn't jumping on stage initially. He was doing one-on-one coaching. Some people break their phobias. And so you, again, like you have to look at, don't, if you're going to model someone, model, model the person at the stage that you're at. Yeah. Not at the stage you're currently at. So you don't, you don't model Tony right now with a stage of, or when he's doing these live events with, or he has a Facebook group of, I think it's like a million, like wrong time model. You model Tony when he was making an offer, you know, saying, Hey, uh, you know, I'll break your phobia in an hour or, or, or you don't pay. And so it's looking at things like that. Then you niche down. Then once you niche down, if you can't make the thing work, what do I mean by that? Well, can you, can you enroll at least four to six clients? Because if you can't do that, you're, you're leaving something that's broken. It's like, it's a classic example of like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried the Facebook group. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's awesome. How many people have you enrolled through the Facebook group? Oh, no, no, no. It, 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 no, I just, you know, I, I got up into things. Oh, and then you jumped over to Instagram. Oh, how's Instagram go? Oh, well, you know, and, and then you go to, to TikTok. Oh, 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 really, really? And so it's the same example. It's again, these, it's again, these basics, right? It's like right. you don't one thing work and then you go try something else to go make it work and then you go try something else to make it work. And it's this repetitive cycle over and over. And then people are like, I don't know why things aren't working in my life. What the heck's wrong? Because <laughs> they're jumping. They're jumping too they're much. Jumping, no, that, right? That's squirrel, great. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Exactly. Next, exactly. Next question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Next question. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm curious as to what you would say and if you think that there is a difference because we like to explore the difference between like a solopreneur and a business owner. So I would love to know um, if you think there's a difference because these terms of like, and I'm kind of encapsulating like entrepreneur, solopreneur in like one word um, and then business owner. Um, I think that an entrepreneur, a solopreneur can become a business owner, but I think it's at different phases in in this, in their their business growth. And so would you say that those are the same things? Would you say that they should be used interchangeably? What are your thoughts on the difference between the mindset of a, a solopreneur slash the mindset of a business owner? Yeah. I mean, what comes to my mind is a solopreneur is just one person. Um, like I would, I, I don't know what, I don't know how I would consider myself. Like I have payroll at the end of every single month. Mm-hmm. And so that I have to pay people salaries and commission checks. Does that make me a business owner? Right. So when I talk to a solo entrepreneur and they're doing everything, then yeah, I guess you're a solo entrepreneur. But to me, it's like, do you have a payroll at the end of every single month? The people who are full-time. If you don't, are you really a business owner? Then? I do. Yeah. I don't know what that feels like. That's my boss. Make sure that, you know, we grow to a certain extent. We can cover payroll. Obviously, you know, we're in a different place right now where a good business owner has months and months of cash. But the point is that to me, that's what a, um, so that's, that's, that's in my eyes, what makes the difference between a business owner and a solo, and a solopreneur. I think, I think yeah. a solopreneur is great. I, I think you can live a great life making 10, $15,000 a month, $20,000 a month and be, and maybe a little more and, and do everything on your own. But then you hit a, you hit a point of like, you build a business so it can run without you. Right? Like while I'm on this call right now or this podcast, 
sales calls are being happening within our program or right. sales calls are, are happening right now. Coaching calls are happening right now. Right. You know, like I have a client success manager, I have a salesperson, so I have a marketing team. So it's not like that's what a business owner is. A business owner is yeah. someone who can, they can go on vacation and the business doesn't take a dip, meaning like no new clients enroll in. No one is, is, uh, you know, client uh, success and fulfillment is not being dropped. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree 100% with you. So what do you think is the shift that you need to make mentally to get there? If a solopreneur is there and they're like, I do want to be a business owner, but they're having a hard time letting go because when you first start it, your business is your baby and you have so much control. So how would you recommend you, you move past that point? Yeah, so um, what I did is I, I look at my weaknesses. I look at my strengths. And how do I initially, how do I delegate my weaknesses? Um, mm -hmm. So that's one. So, so, so my first, I would say first full-time hire was Devin. He's like my, um, he's, he's almost like a partner to me now, but he helps with like, he helps with a lot. Like initially it was like admin and the back end stuff. Like I would be the front end, he'd be the back end. Um, he's now helping a lot more with like sales and client success um, mm. and also managing people and ensuring that projects get completed. Um, Right. Like one, one line that we have, you know, within my community is that is everyone needs a Devin, you know, you're, you're the face, you're the go getter, you're the entrepreneur, you need someone to compliment you in the background um, because yeah. you're going to like miss things. Right. So that's one. Um, and then another thing is like, I would hire, I would hire things that make you money. And so, for mm -hmm. example, I think another hire would be a setter would be an appointment setter. And so it's like you deal with the marketing and you hire someone who helps you book calls. Yeah. Because that person technically, if your program is, let's say $3,000 or whatever, and you pay your setter a thousand dollars base plus 5%, um, I don't know what 5% of $3,000 is, but uh, I, I feel like, I feel like we're both not the best at math in terms of on the spot. Um, no, <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> so that's $150, right? Which is 5%. So, um, and so it's like, so if hypothetically, if your setter booked you a call and you made one sale and that sale is $3,000, you paid your setter uh, $1,150. So you just mm -hmm. made an ROI of $3,000 uh, minus $1,150, right? You just right. made uh, an ROI of $1,850, right? So, and that's if only makes one sale or she only makes one sale. How if they make two or three sales? And so that's, I would say that's the right. other one. Um, but yeah, like part of a business, part of running a business is to get to a place where you don't have to be in the business. Like right now I'm yeah. the face of the business, but I know sooner or later, I'm not going to be the only face in the business. Um, right. but, and, and so, yeah, so I, I would hire things that, that complement your, your, your weaknesses. If this is where you want to go down, but then look again, back up against the wall, miss back up against the wall. You got payroll. You got people that are relying on you. There is no, you're just posting right. and hopefully make a sale this month. And hopefully, you know, you make just enough to cover your bills. Now you have to cover your bills and the company's bills and then the team's bills, right? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, all the things. Okay, awesome. So my my last question to you is what would you say was the biggest shift that you saw in yourself when going through that transition? Because would you call – you would call yourself a business owner, right? Sure. I, I guess so. I mean, what what is the definition of a business owner? You know, I, I have payroll right. at the end of the month. I have full-time people that work for my company. And uh, right. we have a we have a conveyor belt that doesn't stop moving. So, 
Right. <laughs> yeah. So I would I would say I would say that's yes. Yeah, I would say that's yes. So what would you say was the transition that you made from being, you know, just me, myself and I to now I have a team? What was that mindset transition that you needed to make? Well, I just I just realized that um you know, I, I think it's all dependent on how big your goals are. I think you can be a solo entrepreneur, make ten thousand a month, and and yeah. live live in Bali, like do your thing. Um, yeah. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Um, right. But to get to fifty or a hundred thousand a month, thirty, forty, fifty thousand a month, um, yeah, it just can't be you. Yeah. Like you can automate everything, but things are going to break. You're going to be on a you're going to be on a sales call. And then a, a client's messaging you and then someone's having trouble trying to log in and they're pissed off because they're a brand new client. Like you need support. Like you, everyone wants the, everyone wants all this, all the, you know, people want to make more money, but they don't understand what type of responsibility that comes with. Right. right. All of a sudden, all of a sudden your membership barrier shut down because something happened and no one has access and now you're freaking out, but you got to handle the sales call. This, this client is complaining about because you're not responding back quick enough and, and then you're late to the switching call. And then the next thing you know, you know, you're not posting on like, it just, there's no way you can't do it all. Not yeah. if you want to grow. And so yeah. I think it's about to make the decision of like, I want to get to the next level, right? This is even something that I teach. Like I have three phases within, within my right. own uh, program. So phase one is zero to 10,000, which is, can we grow um, a Facebook group? Can we get a very clear offer, um, have consistent income of enrolling, let's say four to six clients a month, or let's say three to six clients a month at a high ticker rate. You can definitely do that or organically if you do it right. Then phase two is like, let's scale this message, um, to 10 to 30 to 40,000 a month. And that is with the power of ads, the power of a setter with having certain automations. Like you shouldn't have an email list or an email automation sequence if you're making below 10,000 a month or, I mean, you can, right. but you just, you're, 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 you're kind of running around everywhere. Right. Um, yeah. and then you have phase three, which is like then building the business, which is like hiring an operation manager, hiring a full-time setter, hiring a full-time closer. How are they trained? What do you have for them? And so I think getting to those, getting to that next level of that 30 to a hundred thousand dollar a month or the hundred thousand dollars plus you have to just realize you can't do it alone. And so right. that's why like for me, that's kind of where I put the, the buckets of my clients. So depending on where you're at, then we get to the next level because more expenses will kick in everything. But, you know, it's um, it's very rewarding if you can do it right. And again, this is the reason why you started a business, not to be the employee and the boss. The reason why you started a business is so you can become the boss and you can have people that work with you so you can buy your time back. Exactly. Ding, ding. Merry Christmas. Ding, ding, ding. Woo. That was awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about you, where would you direct them? Yeah. So it's being posted on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be uh yeah, we'll definitely be outsourcing it to Facebook to, for sure. Nice. Is there any other platforms or just, or just Facebook? Just yeah. Facebook? So we, we have a, we have a podcast platform that will send it out to like all your podcast uh, apps. So like Apple, iTunes, Spotify, things like that. And then we'll be posting it on Facebook as well. Super cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can, you can follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called master your coaching business. Um, I also have a podcast called the underdog with Daniel Francis and um, yeah, it, my, my Instagram handle is CEO Daniel Francis. So come check us out. Come check me out. And I, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we finish up? I appreciate you all. And hopefully I inspired you. Hopefully I motivated you. 
maybe I maybe I upset a, a few of you. I apologize if I did. And uh, but hopefully for a majority, I um, maybe maybe shifted some perspective, gave you some gave you some paradigm shifts. So yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. All right, guys. See you later. Peace out. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.